0: you're listening to the Direction for Life podcast, we pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast.
1: You know, God can give you a call and you would not always respond correctly. And then we got to pray, God, have mercy. Give me another chance. Come on, anybody to ask God, give me another chance. God, if you ask me to do this again, I'm, I'm going to get it right. You know, Years ago, some of you heard me tell this story. Years ago, I was in this thing. Everything had to be debt-free. I was a teacher. Everybody told me debt-free, debt-free, debt-free. And then they would give us the headlines. I later found out they all had debt. They got it paid off. But by the time they tell us, you ought to be debt-free, you ought to be debt-free. So they didn't tell us they used to be in debt. And they got out. Okay, and so I was in the city, and I, I, I had my dream car. I had in the, y'all still got that car? Okay, what year is that car? A 1996 Jaguar. This is around the, This is in the late, late, 19, late 1990s. And I had seen this car. It was my dream car, and, 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 I, and I saw this car I was, uh, over on Bush River Road. We're leaving our uh, Wednesday night Bible study down at 3801 River Drive, and I saw this car, and I, I'm, I'm going to claim that car. And, and some of you heard me tell a story. And I got out, it was night around 9, nine o'clock. It was dark, little car light. It wasn't a big car light, little car light. And I said, I'm going to march around this car like the walls of Jericho. I call this car mine. And people, and people riding by me. Because you know, you, you probably think I'm trying to steal a car or something. And I, and I call this car debt free. I call it, and I, every time I would ride by, I believe I would come by at night and lay my hands on the car. I call it calling my life debt free. One day I went by, the car was gone. I said, Oh Lord, <laughs> somebody bought or stole or something in my car. I got in the paper, paper back then, paper. I, and I started looking, and I saw this car described at Dick Dye Mercedes. I said, That sounded like the same car. And I went by there, it was the same exact car. The Lord gave me another chance. And I took the money that I had, I said, this car, I'm buying this car, it will be debt free when I make the last payment. God gave me another chance. Look, somebody said he'll give you another chance, he'll give you another chance. I paid that car off in a year or so. Right after I paid off, the Lord told me to take my dream car and give it to the parish. And they still got the car. Praise the Lord. Okay? But God gave Zacharias, he he tells him, you're going to have a child. You're going to call his name John. And he asked a question, not like Mary. He didn't say, how are you going to do this? He said, how am I going to know this? How do I know that this is true is what he was saying. He said, because I'm an old man, and my wife is old, too, as if he never heard of Abraham. And the angel said to him, Luke 1, 18 through 20, I am Abraham, who stands in the presence of God. I speak for God. I'm representing God. I'm not just here because I don't have anything to do. The Lord sent me to give you this word, and I was sent to speak to you and sent to bring you these good, this good news. And behold, I tell you what, all right, so um, you're going to be mute, you're not going to be able to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Well, this is going to be proof. You're going to know I'm real when you can't speak. And not until Zacharias gave the appropriate response that agreed with God and agreed with what God said was his tongue loosed. Imagine that. What what, what if God did that? God's just not going to let you speak until you agree with the word. You won't say anything until you agree with what God says, which is what happened to him. Not until Zacharias gave the appropriate response that agreed with what God said was his tongue loose. Luke 1, 62 through 64, they, they come to him. This child is finally born. Elizabeth has a child. We know this child now with John the Baptist. He was the precursor of Jesus. He's born six months before Jesus. His whole purpose in life was to have a six-month ministry. Think about that. His whole purpose in life was to have a six-month ministry, for six months to preach that there's coming somebody after me who's greater than me, whose shoes I'm not even uh, worthy to untie. He's going to baptize with fire, with the Holy Ghost and fire. He's going to take away the sins of the world. He's preaching this in the wilderness every day. One day Jesus shows up He said, this is him, the one I've been preaching about for the last six months. And he says, my ministry's over. I got the decrease. He'll take it from here. For six months. Born for a six-month ministry. And so when he's born, they say, well, what's it going to be his name? And they made, remember, the father gives the name. Zacharias can't speak, so they bring him something to write on. And he writes down, and he writes down John. They said, John, where'd that come from? Ain't nobody in the family named John. Really, that's what they said. I mean, usually, usually have some significance in the family. And he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote down, His name is John, and they marveled. And once he agreed, even in writing, with what God said, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loose, and he spoke praising God. Sometimes things aren't going right, and sometimes we're not being productive, but we haven't given the right response to the call. Elizabeth, his wife, her response. Now we don't read the details of Elizabeth's call. But we get Elizabeth's response. Elizabeth's response is Luke 1:45. Mary comes to see her. She's rejoicing about Mary, but she's also rejoicing about her own belly. Y'all, y'all, y'all know if Mary and and uh, if Mary and Elizabeth was to take a picture today, it would be like this. if she would have taken all her clothes off and and taken a bikini picture. Don't y'all get mad at me because I know that's what the saints do today. The saints do that today. It was started by, help me out, what's um? Yeah, Demi Moore. Some of y'all don't even know. Demi Moore was the first person who took a public picture just about nude showing her belly. The world was in an uproar. Now it's the standard. Girl, when you take your new pictures. If I don't say nothing, ain't nobody else gonna say nothing. Everybody else scared of y'all. I ain't scared of y'all. And got the mothers of the church liking it. You look so beautiful. No, you don't. It's, it's a beautiful occasion, but this ain't this ain't for the saints. Y'all don't like me now. This Christmas. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Lizard's response after she's having a child. And Mary comes to see him, Luke 145. Here's her response. And she said, Blessed is she that believed. I'm so glad. My God, I believe God. That tells me she was holding on. Is, I'm old, but I still believe God. And there's some of you here today. There's some promises and things that you started believing God for years ago, and it hasn't happened yet, and, and you've given up. But God's trying to tell you, even through Elizabeth's account of her response, is that if you believe God, God can still work miracles in your life. And Mary and Elizabeth talked about herself in Luke 1:45. She said, blessed is she who believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which was told of her by God. Somebody say, there will be a performance. Our Christmas story, and even in church, we have a lot of performances. But I want to let you know, the greatest performance about Christmas is God performed the miracle. God is the great performer. David says, I will call unto him who performs all things for me. Elizabeth's response was, I believe God, and there's going to be a performance of those things. The shepherds got a call and got a, had a response. Shepherds also got a call that demanded a response. It's in Luke 2. Now these shepherds are out minding their business, taking care of the sheep by night. Luke 2, starting verse 2, and an angel appears and says to them, do not be afraid. Aren't you glad this those angels kept saying, don't be afraid? You know, each of them said, be, don't be afraid. Because y'all... Y'all, y'all know some people think everybody in the Bible is black. First of all, that ain't true. But if it was, we understand why they said do not be afraid. Because that story went like this. Angel appeared, shepherd one, go running. <laughs> and shepherd two and three would have been right behind him saying, why are we running? <laughs> y'all know that's how we do it. If one run, we all run. We ask questions later. The other four wait around. Well, why? (laughs) Just because he has a hatchet doesn't mean he's going to do anything with it. (laughs) He won't cut us with the chainsaw. He's here to cut a tree down. (laughs) Angel says to the shepherd, do not be afraid, fear not. I'm bringing you good news. I'm here to bring you good news of great joy. And it's going to be, this news is for all people. Tonight, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, a Savior is Christ the Lord. And this is going to be a sign to you, which means now they're supposed to go. There's going to be a sign to you. You're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And so it was when the angel had gone away from heaven. The shepherd said one to another, let's go. His response, let's go. His response, you're going to see something, but I can't see it if I don't go. Oh, my God. There's things that God's telling you he wants to show you, but you got to go for him to show you. you it's not going to happen here. It's going to happen there. You have to get, get to stepping. You have to walk towards the promise. You have to walk with the word that he's given you. And if you go, you will see what he said. Oh, that was for somebody. So you're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling in clothes. And when it's going to happen, they said, let's go down to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord made known to us. And they came with haste and hurried, and they saw Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, here we go, this is the reason why he chose the angel. I think we forget this part. It's, it's not, not, not just so we have an acuter nativity scene, that they made widely known the saying. These shepherds became evangelists. These shepherds, put that scripture back up, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They went around telling everybody, the Savior has been born. His name is Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, has come to, the Messiah is come. And so the scripture often says that what God did, it wasn't done in a corner. There were always witnesses to what God does. Now, whether everybody's going to believe, that's a whole other story. But God always has witnesses. Yet none of these calls or responses would have happened Or even been necessary without the greatest and recall, without the greatest call and response of eternity. Isaiah 6 and 8 again. And I heard a voice. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? Who will go for us? They said, Here am I, send. Then said, I, here am I, send me. Isaiah, but also prophetically speaking about Jesus. Here am I, send me. Why did Jesus have to come? Because they kept killing the prophets. Why did Jesus have to come? Because the blood of bulls and of goats weren't getting the job done. Why did Jesus have to come? Because the priests themselves would sin and needed a savior. So Psalm 46 and 7 says, again talking about Jesus, the conversation in heaven, Saying, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. The blood of bulls, the blood of goats, the blood of pigeon doves were not washing away sins. It was covering them up for a little while. Even the the, the scapegoat, they literally would take a goat and put blood on the goat. And, and, and pray over the gold, representing all the sins of the people being taken away by the goat and send the gold into the wilderness, but the sin still would rise up. I heard a voice saying, who shall I send, who will go for us? And because God says in Psalm 46 and 7, sacrifice and offering you didn't desire. It wasn't working. So, My ears has thou opened. Burn offerings and sin offerings has thou not required. It wasn't getting the job done. So Jesus says, says Lo, I come. In the volume of the book that was prophesied about me, from for, through forty-two generations, I will go. Now, why would Jesus? Why did Jesus have to come when the other ones weren't working? Hebrews ten five through ten tells us a little bit more. It says, therefore, when he came into the world, when Jesus came into the world, he, quoting the scripture I just read, that sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. But you desired a body. But a body you prepared for me and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. Then I, I said, Behold, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin you didn't desire. You didn't have any pleasure in them. They were no longer pleasing you, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes the first that he made to establish the way. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that, where we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. The reason why Jesus had to come is because we needed a once and for all sacrifice. That's why John stepped aside and said, behold the lamb that takes away once and for all the sins of the world. Not going in every year, not go- but no, once and for all, the blood of Jesus will become the perfect sacrifice. Why did Jesus have to come? And I know we get all, we got to connect this. I know we get all sad and we get sentimental during uh, during Easter and during the Good Friday and we say things that when we see Jesus down on the cross, that should have been me. That should have been my blood. No, no, it shouldn't. Your blood couldn't do nothing for us. It just would have been a bloody cross and a dead you. But not, But what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus had to give the response and said, I'll go. I'll go. If the Lord needs somebody, here am I, sins. And lo, I come in the volume of the book to do your will. And Jesus goes to earth saying, I ain't here to do my will. This ain't about me. I'm here to do the will of the Father. And I still believe that we still need to get that revelation. As much as you want to succeed in your career, as much as you want to make money, as much as you want to be a millionaire, as much as you want your name to be in life, at the end of the day, we need to all have the response that Jesus had. I'm here to do your will. In whatever arena you have me, but it's not about me, it's about you. So when I get in those arenas, I'm here to represent Jesus. I don't just represent Jesus as an usher, as a deacon, as a choir member. I represent Jesus in political halls. I represent Jesus in education, come on now. I represent Jesus in the courtroom. I represent Jesus in the the medical examining room. I'll never forget years ago, the first Christian doctor I had ever been to in Tulsa. I said, listen to Kendall Copeland, and he said, my body, years ago, I heard him say, my body's a temple of the Holy Ghost you touch this body, you need to know have the Holy Ghost, too. I, said, I need a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled doctor. I said, well, you get one of them, man. Didn't, is, there, is there such a thing? And I was in Tulsa, and I used to have these key lords on the back of my head. And they came, they really came from wearing my do-rag. Oh, yeah, I used to wear a do-rag, y'all, huh? wear my my to make it real tight. I, I, I generally didn't wear it outside the house. If I ever had it outside the house, it was on very temporarily, it was under my cap. Because there's certain things that shouldn't be exposed in public. That's between you and your hair and your house. Whether it's a bonnet or a do-rag. <laughs> Let the church say amen. amen. And so, and and, and so I used, to, I, I, I used to tie my hair up and, and tie, you know, get my waves right. Man, I had so many waves make you seasick. If you walked up to me, you got, you got a little seasick. I had so many waves. My, my grandson, my grandson DJ, yesterday, I was sitting out on the couch. He came rubber. He said, Papa, you don't have no hair. <laughs> Boy, I know. But it's by choice. And so I said, tie that thing. And so. I started having kilos in the back of my head, and they would get inflamed, and they would they get inflamed and grow big. And I went to this doctor, and he says, well, we're going to try this treatment for a while. I'm going to give you a couple injections, put needles in my head. And then he said, would you, I'm a believer. Would you mind me praying for you? I said, yes, sir, because <laughs> we ain't doing this needle no more. Lord, I need a miracle, Lord, I need a miracle. That's your song, huh? Lord, I need a miracle, 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 right now. And so he, I, I he went to the doctor, uh, he prayed in the spirit, and then he, and then he started speaking very specifically to the, about the medical, I said, oh, this was good. And then, praise God, I remember one time, I was in, a couple months later, I'm in worship, and as I'm in worship, the Lord, the Lord said to me, feel the back of your head. I went touch the back of my head and they were completely gone. Glory yes. to God. I don't know. What was I talking about here? So Jesus came to do the will of the Father. Once we hear God's call, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, whatever arena we're in, we need to be representing Jesus. I'm very serious about that. I believe God's going to bless you in your careers more, in your business more, even in 2024, if you don't stop, if you stop being closet Christians. I spoke to a doctor had a session with a doctor this week, one of our members. We got her some things going on in her career, and, and, and I was led to tell her. I said, are there other believers there in that hospital association? She said, yeah, she named her. I said, the Lord said, I said, "Uh, the Lord's leading me to tell you, you all need to get together together and pray. She said, well, we often pray for each other, we email. I said, no, the three of you need to get together and pray about this whole situation, about the hospital situation, about your concern for doctors. There is something that happens when we start representing Jesus. I believe your salary is gonna go up because you're not just there for you, you're representing the kingdom. Now that don't mean you go around putting oil all over everybody's pieces of paper at their desk. That blood, no, no. You're about to lose your job. You're about to lose your job. You, no, no, no. You, you, don't have to do all that, <laughs> but you can represent Jesus, especially with other believers. Amen. So everywhere we go, we're here to do His will. And once we hear God's call and understand uh, hear God's call, understand the call, there's a response each of us must make. As I close this today, Hebrews the third chapter, verse seven and eight. Because God's still calling. In 2023, he's still calling as much as he called Mary over 2,000 years ago. As much as he called Zacharias over 2,000 years ago. As much as he called Isaiah over 3,000 years ago. God is still calling. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice. And when it says, if you will hear, it means if you will Listen. If you will hearken and if you will respond, because y'all, the truth of the matter is God's always talking. No, I'm very serious about that. God's always talk. We're not always listening. If you would just take the time to, you'll be surprised, and I've, said, I've been saying this over the years, you'll be surprised how much God will talk to you for those of you riding your cars, even just going to work. If you would just for once not put on the radio, I know Steve Harvey is funny in the morning. But if you, for once, not put on a radio, if you not, want, not, and just ride and say, God, I just need to hear from you. God will start giving you instruction for your day. God's always talking when I was listening. So that's why the scripture says, today, if you will hear his voice, to listen to his voice, do not harden your hearts. As in rebellion. the Lord started dealing with me this morning, even I was going to that sometime next year, he wants me, I'm going to teach a message about um, ignorance versus rebellion. It's one thing to be ignorant, another thing to be rebellious. Ignorance, I just don't know. Rebellious, I know, but I don't care. Whenever you hear people say, listen, whenever you hear people say stuff like, I know what the word says, but... That's a rebellious person. And boy, my spiritual mother, Mother Bates, she always remind me, he that knoweth to do good, I, before I ever read it in the word, I heard it from her. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not shall be beaten with many stripes. That's talking about living a rebellious life. Some of you young people, you got to understand, when you've been raised in holiness, when you've been raised in Christianity, when you've been raised, no, 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 you ain't rebellious. Your friends, I mean, you, you're not ignorant. You're rebellious. Some of your friends who don't know what you know, they don't know. They don't know God's standard for sex. They don't know God's standard for marriage. They don't know God's standard regarding shacking. We were, I was meeting with my pastors this week Friday, and I said, when I grew up, I said, we're going to go back to calling it, calling it what they used to call it, living in sin. When's the last time y'all heard that phrase? Living in sin. They don't know God's standard. You do. And I, it baffles me. The, the prodigal son, y'all remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son took his money, went away, and spent his money, here goes again, on thoughts. We would not have known that if this brother didn't tell us. Spend his money, ride his living, and brother gives us details. And the Bible says that the father don't say anything about the father going after him. Y'all, y'all ever noticed? That? The father didn't go after him because he was rebellious. And he, when you're in rebellion, you got to come to yourself. And one day, he's getting he didn't eat it, thank God. He's getting ready to eat the food that the pigs would eat. First of all, the fact that he was even in the pig pen with the pigs, where a cautious Jewish boy would have nothing to do with. He is at his lowest now. When he gets ready to eat that, he says, my goodness, I can't believe I'm here. This doesn't make any sense. The servants in my father's house are living better than this. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go back to my father and say, father, I have sinned. Let me give you another word. Rebelled. Against heaven and against you, I'm no longer worthy. Because and the Bible says, when he was on his way, the father runs up to him. The, the, there was no love loss. The father's just waiting for his son to stop being rebellious, stop being rebellious, and come to yourself and say, "I know God's God. No, I'm going to choose to live with, in what I know." So there's still a response. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. This is talking about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt when they didn't listen to God and they died in the wilderness. In the day of trial in the wilderness. While it is said today, everybody shout today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. There's still a call. There's will. There needs to be a response. Yes. Yes, I'll go where you want me to go. Yes, I'll live as you want me to live. Yes, I'll serve as you want me to serve. Some of you have struggled all year long financially, and you still never said yes to tithing. Yes. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Then one of the main scriptures I started preaching as a young boy, I always ended my message with Revelation 3 and 20 when I made an altar call. This is Jesus saying, said, "Behold, I stand at the door and" Jesus said, "I stand at the door and I'm I'm knocking." And if anyone hears my voice, if you would just give the right response, To a knock, you can ignore. A knock, you can walk away. We've got all kind of cameras around. To a knock, you can look at your blink. Or your, what's the other door? You all know the thing I'm talking about. Your ring. And see who is there. And decide you're not going to answer. You can send somebody else out. Like my mother used to do when the insurance man came. Some of y'all, some of us old enough to know what I'm talking. The man came around every week for $1.50 for a $5,000 policy that you pay for 20 years. Tell him I ain't here. My mama told me to tell you she ain't here. <laughs> Behold, I'm standing at the door If anyone hears my voice and does what? Opens. You make a choice whether you're going to open the doors, listen to me, of your heart. Let's go further, and of your life to Jesus. If you hear my voice, you can hear, but everyone hears doesn't respond. Now opens the door. After you hear, responds, I'm going to open. He said, I will come in. Oh, Judicial King James said, I will sup with him and he with me, I will commune with him.
0: If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.